One, two, three. Wow, look at that sound hey. wave. Look at that. Look at that perfect that sine so wave. That is satisfying to look at. Um, all right, so yeah, we were talking about pizza. Luke, what, what's your what's your hottest pizza pizza take? Go. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of pineapple on pizza. I generally just go for barbecue sauce <gasps> and as much meat as possible on one. That's my. You sound like maybe like oh. like if a caveman was gonna order a pizza. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> How many animals have to die for you Every to enjoy one of a them. pizza? <laughs> All the animals. <laughs> So you know what? I'm I'm gonna read out my pizza order, which never fails to disgust everyone. Because there's All a right. bit of it that everyone hates. Oh, so I'm, it starts <laughs> it starts off tame uh-huh. with um, some mushrooms. Okay. Okay. But then I throw some ol- olives, uh, uh, pineapple, uh. pineapple and anchovy and sorry tuna. what? Okay, what? <laughs> what? what? Why do you sorry, pizza? It descended into madness at the end. Um, tuna. Okay for. The right answer. By the way, the right the right answer is like for me, it's just green peppers and onions. It's very easy. Ooh. They work to those two things work together so well in everything anyway. It's obvious. It's too obvious. Yeah, but so does anchovy and everything. Anchovy and pineapple. It's a classic combination. <laughs> Everybody does it. I go pretty simple. I go uh, pepperoni and jalapenos. Okay, you know, that's we've got understandable. A good representative podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've done. <laughs> I've also done one before, like I, a few times. I, I'd get just jalapenos and pineapples, which is really nice. The spicy and sweet kick together. It's fun. I can't get into the so pineapple can- thing. It's okay. Oh, I, I think. So nice. I'm not gonna like defend them because so many people seem so angry about it, and I, I just am scared <laughs> of them. I guess. Yes, yeah, not the hill that you'll die on. No, Howard. no, not today. I, I will. Over my cold dead body you'll take my anchovy and pineapple combination i don't want it (laughs) i'm over here just with barbecue chicken bacon sweet corn and pepperoni is generally my go-to i mean that sounds pretty good too i think i'd probably go for that as well there's a a supermarket near me where you can get your own pizzas made up in front of you and oh it's like a free four quid for one stick it in the oven for 15 20 minutes oh i see okay so they give you one to like take and bake kind of a thing yeah, like they, you basically they pull out a base and just ask you what you want on it, and then cover it right. in plastic, and then you just take it home and cook it. And I used to, yeah, nice. At my old job, I used to walk past it on the way home, so sometimes I would drop in and grab one. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah, I've I've been to those before, like where they make you like a, a take and bake at like a big supermarket. Those are nice. Um. Okay. Well, let's jump into it. So, welcome everybody to uh to Pizza Busters. This is a podcast from uh, PizzaLuster.com. If you're uh, new here, each week we just dive into a different pizza that we're going to, you know, maybe talk about a little bit and, you know, reminisce about. Um, so everybody, um, everyone, everyone brought uh, sort of a thing here. Let me, let me, let me do for real, uh, just quickly, we are Game Busters. This is not Pizza Busters, if you are looking for that podcast. What? I'm in the wrong place. I've been lied okay. to. Turning my recorder off now. I am going to be, t- we are going to be <laughs> discussing games in terms of mouthfeel, though, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> Mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Okay. Mouthfeel. I feel like okay. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're new here, we basically every week dive into a different game uh, or a franchise and discuss its history and development and say like, hey, member, member, and uh, we we member that. We member. Uh, so yeah, we're just trying to chill here. Uh, I am I'm Nirav and I'm your host as always, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Ree. Howdy, howdy. And our special guests are Luke from Game Luster. Hello. And then uh, Kyle from the real world. Hi. He's real. The real world, um, not that old reality TV show. 
Yeah, actually, I, I did remember that as I was saying it. That, was it like a Nickelodeon affair? What was that? I think it was MTV. MTV, it might have. Yo, you're right. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I remember yeah. it's because in WWE, there's a guy called The Miz who was on that and was like massive wrestling, <laughs> wrestling, massive wrestling fan, fan back then, and then went on to go to the WWE and even won the top championship at one point. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, today we're gonna. So the recent, uh, as as you can see, we're, we're inspired a little bit by recent events here. Um, so today we're gonna be talking about the Wolfenstein franchise, um, which I picked up because of the events at um, just America, made me kind of feel like I did want to kill some Nazis and see how that would go. <laughs> And it has gone like, well. Always a good feeling. Completely a apolitical podcast, apart from the fact there's a woman on here. Um, yeah, you know, this is an apolitical only... podcast about Wolfenstein. The... I, I, I I will be quiet as much as possible so we can reduce the politics. If you could just let the men talk. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, I'm glad we already went too far with that joke. Yeah, no, I get that out of me. Yeah, I don't, I don't want. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get like clipped on Twitch and then like fucking cancelled. If you, if you ever get a job at a massive website at some point, and so some, then someone's yeah, gonna yeah. this clip. Somebody's up gonna find it. Got, serious. If you ever say that you're leaving Game Luster, I'd be like, oh, you sure? And then just like, sort of <laughs> are you sure? You. <laughs> you sure? Seems like seems like you might not not feel so uh, not, not do so well out there. You know, I'm gonna actually world. save that clip in case someone uses me as a reference. <laughs> okay, great. I've. <laughs> I've successfully sort of ended my uh, whole career thing, I guess, so far today. Um, uh, okay, so let's let's jump into it, though. What we did want to talk about uh, first is the Hall of Fame luster. Everybody, let's come on in. Um, we are, uh, again, still on the moon. I don't know if you've been uh, seeing, but, like, so, like, you know, we bought the moon from Elon Musk, and he's, you know, the richest person in the world now. The problem is that we paid him in Bitcoin. And Bitcoins have been a little bit weird. I think you may have seen in the news lately. Um, they've been going up, but also it's bad, if I understand. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sorry, I would say I think we, you know, our deal with Elon Musk has shaken up the real world more than we thought. We, we as a podcast, have a lot of reach. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. Um, I think we had. Uh, six six was it six or seven billion listeners last week it was one of those it was around there um which is almost everybody so we're doing pretty well i mean it could be higher it could be higher and that's why i'm not satisfied um the problem is that we did give elon musk all of our bitcoins and um that if i had held on to them then we would be the richest people in the world um unfortunately we'll just have we'll have to settle for the most successful podcast yeah we are but uh, like I said, we're on the moon. We've got the whole moon now to work with. So you know, the sky's the limit, literally. Uh, just you know, whatever whatever entries we want to bring into the Hall of Fame luster, I'm sure they'll fit on the moon. He said moments before one of them didn't. Um, yeah. So today we're gonna be trying to find the. Uh, I-, I want this vibe basically. I don't know how to word this the best way, but like. This character is definitely a Nazi, but like they're not like technically in the game, but they like definitely are. <laughs> Yeah, so I can imagine. I think there's probably going to be a few because yeah. game developers really love their Nazi overt Nazi references. Yeah, with without their without bad guys. without committing to yeah. sort of like saying anything about the Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> they do so, love that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, why don't you kick us off, Luke? Okay, mine's a risky one, but All right. I think I was thinking about the protagonist of Saints Row. 
Ooh, wow. Do explain. Especially in the yeah. second and third games. Because, okay. so essentially in the second, the start of the second game is the character wakes up from a coma, breaks out of jail, reforms the saints and starts taking over Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, the thing that always bugs me, at the time I thought, whatever, I was young, so I didn't really see it. But in the, so in the second game, when you start the storyline involving the Brotherhood, which is one of the royal gangs, the first mission in it is you go to a meet with the leader and he tries to make an offer to you. He's like, I know you guys used to be really powerful. How about we team up, we'll take over the city together, and we'll split it like 80-20 or something. Mm-hmm. And the player character rejects it, then the police ambush them, they fight their way out, blah, blah, blah. Over the rest of that quest line, I just think that, I think it, it, Saints Row, inje- the Saints, second Saints Row game especially, just the protagonist is an utter prick. He has no justification for taking over Stillwater beyond, I want power. <laughs> he uses extru- he or she will use extremely violent methods to take yeah. over, like the stuff that the Brotherhood storyline, especially the stuff where like you kidnap Mero's girlfriend and lock her in the trunk of a car that then gets put into the arena where Mero is driving a monster truck around, so he crushes his own girlfriend. Jesus, yeah, really, me- really messed up in hindsight nowadays. Uh, you steal like but radioactive it's... materials and put it in the tattoo ink that he uses, so he gets his face severely burnt. And I just think like. Especially in the second and third games, the protagonist is a prick. He's a genuine piece of yeah. shit. He's just power and hungry in... more than anything. There's no reasons, there's no justification for half the stuff he does. And, like, I think he definitely perhaps shows some fascist tendencies in that he wants to rule steel water for no, for no real, real good reason other than I want power or which the saints used to rule the city, therefore we still should. Wow. Well, you've successfully convinced me to not like this person, so that's good. Yeah, and actually, with 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 the third game, it's not so much of a problem because they do not take a lot seriously in that game. No. In the second oh, one, yeah. it is a more it's definitely a more serious game. And when the Brotherhood eventually get revenge on you by brutally taking out one of your own, you're meant to you're have meant like to an feel immense like you're hatred. The hero and they're the bad guys. Yeah. And really, it's like. But, I mean, they, like, don't get me wrong. Ask what, for it. what they do to Carlos, his name, I believe, is messed up, yeah. but not unwarranted, I guess, in the sense of I think we by started this point, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> you you start the fights with every gang in that game. It's not like they attack first. Yeah, exactly that. Also, like in Saints Row Three, though, like the whole the whole motion of events is caused by you robbing a bank owned by a crime syndicate, and the crime syndicate basically their offer is to absolve the saints into their syndicate, and your response is to then wipe out major syndicate assets and gangs. And again, it's just the same deal of, like, the protagonist does shitty things, potentially faces punishment and responds by just destroying entire groups and people out of nothing more than sheer spite and power hunger. Not the most reasonable person, no. No. I've only done Saints Row 4 where you're the president and then you would, like, explode the White House and fly away at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I think Saints Row 4 is the only time where the protagonist is actually justified in a lot of their actions because it's against alien invaders who blow up Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I do like uh, how over the top top that whole series is. Especially especially once you get to 3. That's just... It's amazing. 2's a bit more grounded in tone. Yeah. It's silly. But, like, I just think in the context of things, when you put the second and third games into context, maybe the protagonist is the bad guy. Yeah, for sure. Or at least he's, yeah. he's not much better than the people he fights in those games. Nice. Uh, okay, so Kyle, who have you brought? Okay, I brought uh, from a super unknown game, Mass Effect. 
Uh-huh. Uh, Saren. Basically a Nazi. A super anti-human. To the... I mean, before he got corrupted by the Reapers, he was super anti-human already. And then, of course, once he got indoctrinated by the Reapers, his, his main mission is to turn everyone into a machine. So, I mean, I would, from a genocidal standpoint, I thought he's basically a Nazi. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Um, Alright, yeah. Rhi, I think I already know what yours is. Why don't you just put it, say it? <laughs> I wonder if you do actually. So oh, okay. mine are specifically um, the Templars up until Dragon Age Inquisition, because for some reason they massively reform. But this is what I was alluding to earlier when I said that video like, game devs fucking love to make Nazi references without going the whole mile. So in the Dragon Age Two in particular, um, the Templars are just needlessly cruel. Like they just kill. F- the mages for fun they lock them up for no good reason then yeah like i said just absolutely needlessly cruel to them while they're in captivity and then they literally do a fucking final solution at the end where they're just like let's kill all of them i guess um and then in inquisition they were like maybe we went a little bit too far with the nazism so suddenly they're actually like a really reasonable bunch and we're like yeah we got a little bit out of hand there but I just find it funny how Bioware like were just having so much fun slapping on the Nazi references to the Templars and then went, oh, whoops, took that a bit too far. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with them. All right. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, th- the thing I, I sort of was expecting, which is also my, my backup, is, of course, we have to give a shout out to the Brotherhood of Steel, the original video <laughs> so game close. Nazis. Um, so so close to saying who, them right who is just literally nazis i mean there's no other really thing about it like they their whole thing is like let's cleanse the commonwealth you know we're gonna yeah. purge the un, the impure dna i kind of like caesar's legion from new vegas as well oh yeah definitely yeah, they're a little bit like that too um but all right yeah i mean the brotherhood they even when they're like less controversial, they still have Nazi tendencies. I mean, in the first game, they're more about just sort of keeping to themselves, but that is also fueled out of an insane bigotry of like they're impure, must you know? Yeah. Like so, yeah, they've always been Nazis. I don't know what yeah fans are saying. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> I, I I will say like I think they took it in in Fallout Four. They took it to even like a further extreme, like to make them like the actual Nazis of the thing. So like like you know, good job Todd on that one. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna put in the Brotherhood of Steel as an entry from Todd Howard. Also, um, <laughs> love you, Todd. Great yeah. to have you on. Um, very shy. So my, very shy. It's never spoken my, once, but he's never here. spoken. Um, he he actually was just messaging me about how much he loves uh, pizza with uh, corn on it, and I was oh, like, Todd, God. I don't want you to say that out loud. Don't want that on I'll the record. Defend you, I'll defend you for many things, but that's not one of um, them. So my, my real entry is, um, now, technically counts because he's been in many video games. Um, you, you know him, you may know him as Voldemort. Um, mm-hmm. I might have heard the name have, at one point. May have, yeah. Um, I don't know if I have to defend myself too much about that one. Um, he sort of is, like, big Nazi energy <laughs> the whole way through. Um, he yeah. is legit, he literally is Hitler. I, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot else to say. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, of course, let's, uh, and if I do have to cite a specific game, I do want to cite, uh, 2001's, uh, 
Xbox, uh, original Xbox game, uh, Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup. Um, I remember that. Oh. <laughs> I actually, fun. actually bought that, that game, game like man. five years ago just because I wanted the nostalgia from playing it originally. <laughs> Dude, that was, a, that was a good game, man. How'd it hold up? Uh, not too, too well. Yeah. But it was still, it was uh, it was fun for like a, a night of having like a few beers and playing that game all night. Sure, sure. Um, I remember anyway. there was a, a Chamber of Secrets game that I played a lot of for some reason. Oh yeah, like the Chamber of Secrets and the Prisoner of Azkaban games, like we played a lot of. And then like, and then also the game, do you, I don't know, like, do you remember back when like the hand, the handheld version of games was like not the same game as the console yeah. version? Yeah. I, yeah. Remember, like, I remember yeah. a Tony Hawk game on Game Boy. Yeah. It's like, just like isometric top-down view. The, the Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban game, like, for Game Boy Advance, was just, like, jump over the rats! What? <laughs> Collect the beans! You gotta get the beans! <laughs> and then, I, I never actually played it, but I remember there was an EA one that was just, like, Harry Potter, but it was a cover-based shooter. I remember seeing Wait, footage. Yeah, those genres go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, I remember seeing footage of it. I don't know how it actually looks, but the footage I remember seeing made it look like Harry Potter is a turn-based, not a turn-based, a cover-based shooter. And I was just like, man, what are they doing with this? Wow. I'm just, I mean, I'm just presumably... imagining... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, I'm just imagining Harry Potter as uh, the protagonist of Gears of War right now. And it's <laughs> it's a good image. I think it's good. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, Microsoft. If you want to kind of get a little more, few more people interested in those Gears games, I mean, it would work. But yeah. like, presumably, J.K. Rowling had to okay the use of her characters to be in a in a shooter, and I think maybe that's the point we should have realized she's going to go batshit crazy. It was like, a, that was, it was the first old. warning. Yeah. I don't think um, right. Like they weren't actually using guns. Like they were actually just casting spells from cover. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 I will find the video and send it to you. I, I can, I can here. definitely. But I remember that seeing head. something like that that just looked really bad. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, obviously, Voldemort is literally Hitler. Like the whole, the whole thing, all the way through. He's all about pure bloodlines. He himself is half Muggle. Uh. You know, he uh, hides that fact from everybody. He uh, comes to power in the shadows by, uh, people coming to support him, uh, because he, he kind of comes off as, like, I'm here to, I'm, I'm trying to protect us, like, you know, from the muggles, like, there's so many of them, and, like, they control everything, like, we need to be protected, and then et cetera, et cetera, grows his power, um, very racist, I should, I'll say. Yeah, little tiny bit racist. Little tiny bit. Says some pro- he says some problematic things. And then just like Hitler, he was killed by his own rebounding spell at the end. Yep. <laughs> that is um, accurate. Are- <laughs> Alright, let's go ahead and vote. Uh, Luke, so we everyone gets two votes. You cannot vote for yourself twice. Um, and uh, yeah, where would you like your votes to go? Okay. I am a man of honor. I will not vote for myself. I will vote Whoa. for... The Templars from Dragon Age. I literally played Dragon Age hey. 2 for the first time like late last year when everything came back to Steam. Uh, and I will also vote for the Brotherhood of Steel. Okay. Um, let's see. I am... Uh, uh, okay. So, uh, Kyle. Um, every single time I've done this, I've given myself one vote. But uh, this time I'm actually not going to give myself a vote. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with the the Templars from Dragon Age. And I was actually convinced I'm going to go with the Saints Row protagonist as well. Oh, okay. Nice. Got a little distribution here. Uh, Ree, where are your votes going? 
I think I'm gonna I'm gonna continue the honor. Um, and I am going to vote for uh definitely Saints Row protagonist because I think you made a very good point which mm-hmm. I hadn't realized. And uh, I'm also gonna vote for Saren because I think that's the rare example of uh, game developers. I don't want to say like taste. I guess like tastefully. Yeah, tasteful uh, Nazis. Taste tasteful Nazis. I was trying not to say that, but that is the <laughs> only way to say it. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like representing in a way that isn't a teeny tiny bit disrespectful. Okay. Um, I'm saving that quote as well. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna clip all these out. I want everyone to say something like worthy of cancellation. I feel like this, this should all this. just be posted on the Twitter, but with no context. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, then uh, I guess it's me. Um, I will. I I too am a man of honor. Um, and so I will. Uh, I think I am gonna give one to Dragon Age. Um, I'm gonna give one to uh to to Todd for the Brotherhood of Steel. That was a good submission. Imagine um, if Todd won and he got the final words. I would. I I would have to like. I would have to like put in an audio clip of him saying it just works. <laughs> like the final <laughs> word. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, Templars from Dragon Age was a good poll. Uh, you did remind me of that, and they are literally just that. So you got it. Um, hey. Nice. Okay, so uh, let's get out of here, and let's move on to our main segment, uh, Bustums. Holy shit, it's already been half an hour. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay, okay. speed we through this. About, we talked about pizza too much. <laughs> okay, Let's just so, gloss over uh, Wolfenstein real quick. So, I did not know this. <laughs> Uh, so Wolfenstein is ma- one of the longest running series in like video game history. Um, they have been around for a long time. So this company uh, that started it was called Muse Software, uh, founded by Ed Zarin, and uh, with his friend Silas Warner joining like a few days after over in Baltimore, Maryland in 1978. So they originally joined... Uh, so Ed Zarin, his original idea for the company was just to make software, and he did indeed create a fairly well-used uh, uh, um, word processor called Supertext. Uh, but uh, Silas Warner, his his partner, joined with the idea of, like, we're going to make uh, computer games. And at that point, they originally developed uh, games for the Apple II computer. You remember the sequel to Apple? Apple II? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Why, why mm-hmm. did they go back to Apple One? That's a bit weird. Yeah, I don't know. The, the first... I, I, I always find the name scheme amusing in retrospect, but, like, you know, the first Apple computer was literally just called the Apple, and then the second one was just called the Apple II. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a lot simpler um, back I, then. <laughs> things were easier. Um, so then they started working on uh, the Commodore 64, the Atari, and MS-DOS later on. Uh, so they, they were developing for all those early, early uh, game uh, hardware s- systems. Um, but, yeah, so... They made, uh, I want to say about, like, seven or eight games. Um, all of them, except for the two Wolfenstein games, flopped horribly. Um, so their first uh, successful game in 1981 was Castle Wolfenstein. Uh, so they, they eventually were able to bring these to the IBM PC, too, which was a big deal, you know. Whoa. Right? Whoa. Future. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like... Like I said, the company was, like, kind of barely getting on with, like, um, Wolfenstein, basically, like, that, those two games that they made for Wolfenstein were kind of, like, holding the company aloft from bankruptcy, and um, eventually they had 40 employees, uh, so they were doing okay on, like, you know, they had, like, a good number of people there, but when the game market crashed in 1983, uh, if you remember, like, 
every everything crashed across the entire world and uh they never recovered from it they had to file for bankruptcy uh later on so yeah i i don't know what do you, what do you guys think about all the old computer stuff here does anyone have any cool old computer anecdotes no <laughs> well, the first, the first time i interacted this. with a computer i was windows already i've never worked, uh, interacted with computers that were before that yeah i haven't either yeah this is just see i felt i felt like a boom the other day when i was telling my sister about dial up and how my computer used to have like a phone attached to it because it was the yeah. wi-fi was attached to the, the internet the comes phone line the phone. exactly the phone. but i just remembered there was a time before that and now i feel like a baby so yeah, um, yeah, I have some, like I have my, some my, small. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, uh, no, go ahead. I, I have some like small experience with uh, MS DOS. Whoa, that's like my first computer wow. memories are using are using MS DOS. But that I mean, it's it was so long ago, and I was basically a toddler back then. So it's like the most vague memories that you could possibly have. Yeah, I. So my my grandmother. Uh, when she moved to America, she got a job as a, uh, the, like a computer tech, I think, for the bank. And I was like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, like where you punch the holes into a thing and it comes out and does calculations. That's that's the computer. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> that was what the computer was back then, though. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, you just punch holes into things to tell it to do different equations and then it would do it, you know? Um, wild. So, yeah, I don't know a lot about this period in time, um, but I think I am a baby, so there's no way to know. So, uh, we'll, let's, so finally, the game Castle Wolfenstein uh, is the first game in the series, set during World War II, focuses on an unnamed American prisoner of war who's captured in Castle Wolfenstein, and so your job is to um, get the plans for Operation Rheingold and escape the fortress while avoiding or killing the guards along the way. One thing I want to note is that uh, this game was very famous for being maybe one of the first games with the ability to kill people where you could complete the whole game without killing anybody. Oh, cool. So is there is a, purpose? there is a, yeah, there is a no kill route very intentionally in this game. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a stealth game, by the way. This was not a shooter by any means. It was a two dimensional, like a 2D, you know, stealth game. Um, so it, it's really much more about like avoiding and disarming enemies and then like killing them is like a last resort if you get caught kind of a thing. So yeah, the game, it, the first game sold really well. Um, it sold 20,000 copies, which was like, Hey, that's pretty good, you know, for back then. Um, so that was critically acclaimed and one of the, uh, it actually won game of the year in 1981. Against, against some vast competition, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So ha, ha, uh, what? Pong 2 hits. was in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on that? I well, wish I did. I yeah. just don't know. This is, I, I want, I'm, trying to like get, I'm, I'm trying to get us through this so we can like get to a more recent time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, I was looking up uh, I was looking up Castle Wolfenstein before we started, and I, I guess my brain just sort of assumed that Wolfenstein 3D was the first one. Because the yeah. entire thing was like, Wow, this does not look like anything I was expecting it to. <laughs> no, it's very yeah. The original Castle Wolfenstein, if you look at it, it's like very very minimal pixel art, and it's just like a yellow guy like moving around other guys, you know. Um, 
But yeah, so... Uh, the game of the year worthy, apparently. Game of the year. I mean, th- there were four games that year, so I don't know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine um, releasing a game and guaranteeing yourself a game yeah, in the nomination. There were four games, and one of them was the movie War Games. And like, <laughs> that... Ugh, God. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> has anyone seen that movie? It's I have, movie. actually. I like it. Go watch it. Um, all right, so Castle Wolfenstein was made by Silas Warner, as I said, uh, inspired by the arcade shooter Berserk and the 1961 World War II movie Guns of Navarone, I guess. Um, it was set in World War II during Adolf Hitler's role as the Chancellor and the object, like I said, uh, get through there, um, blah, 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 boring, boring, boring. So the second game, though, um, like I said, has a it actually was based on a real thing that happened. Um, it was called Operation Valkyrie in real life. So, in, in the real-life Operation Valkyrie, Klaus von Stauffenberg and, uh, and other conspirators attempted to assassinate Hitler in 1944 in his field, in his field office uh, in, like, a tent with a bomb <laughs> hidden in a briefcase. Um, so, that coup was actually joined by thousands of people, uh, Germans, and by when it was stopped, 7,000 people were arrested by the Nazis for being conspirators, and 5,000 were executed. So, a lot of times people will ask, like, oh, the people in Germany were just okay with the Nazis doing all this? They weren't. They they tried to stop him, and 5,000 of them were executed. I want to say there was a movie based off Operation Valkyrie starring Tom Cruise. Yeah. There was. I, I have it on pretty good was. authority that Klaus looked exactly like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was sort of the first uh, movement towards something real life related, you know, the, the, the Nazi stuff was not so present in the first game. Like it was just kind of like, Oh, you're in a castle in a German castle. It's world war two. Get out. That's yeah, that was the end of it. <laughs> so let's jump forward a little bit to a, a, maybe a better known time. So in 1992, um, id software acquired the rights to Wolfenstein. Remember uh, muse software went under, and so, um, id so- I-, I read a little funny story about how id Software, like, in, like, 89, was, like, looking around, and they were like, oh, wow, remember Wolfenstein? Like, that license is just, like, that company's gone. And they tried to find it, and, like, they actually contacted Silas Warner, and, like, he didn't even know who owned the, the IP. <laughs> like, because, that- well, like, I was also wondering that, because, like, they owned the IP, and the company didn't exist anymore. Like, it was closed officially in 1987. Like, so it didn't exist anymore, and... Silas Warner didn't own the IP either, so he was just like, "I guess it's for grabs. Go for it." <laughs> I love how I love how chill it was back then. It's just like, easier. "Oh, you f- you fancy this franchise I made? Have it, you know? Have it. Have it, at it. Like it is this is before like you were owned by a million companies who would have just immediately assumed oh, yeah. ownership bef- as soon the- as you went under." I remember it was the same deal with Windjammers when they wanted to do the re-release of it. They said that it took them forever to find out who actually owned the rights to it. Mm, and then I yeah, think yeah. in the end they found it was like split between two companies, so they had to make deals with both of oh, them so they yeah. could do the re-release or something. Imag- I remember if- that like... Sorry? I was like, imagine if Todd Howard had like the reach he has now, but back then. Because now he can snap his fingers and buy a franchise if he wants it. But back <laughs> then, he, he would have just been like a kid in a, in a sweet shop. Like, he would own literally every video game. We could we oh, yeah. get him back in time. <laughs> and and so he can own every single franchise. I would love that future for us. Yeah. Um, so, uh, th- this game actually, Wolfenstein 3D, was created by uh, id Software, who was you know later would go on to create Doom. Um, 
But at that time, they were known as the makers of Commander Keen, and uh, they acquired the license from nobody. But Muse, but Silas Warner kind of gave them his blessing and was like, you know, please continue the franchise. You know, I'd, I'd love for that, love to see that. Um, so this game was a huge hit. It sold very well, two hundred thousand copies, which for nineteen ninety two was like a, a big deal. That was a lot of copies sold. And it won numerous Game of the Year awards, and also, this was the introduction of our, our protagonist, BJ Blazkowicz, who would continue to be the protagonist for the rest of the franchise. So, this was not a sequel to the previous games, it was just kind of, like, inspired by the classic Castle Wolfenstein on the box, you know? Mm. Um, so, they also, interesting thing about this, there was a thing called the Spear of Destiny, which was a DLC, but, like... It was back before the internet, so they had a like a, they they put out like a, a cheap standalone disc in the stores, which was a DLC for. So like you had to like have like you know Wolfenstein already like Wolfenstein 3D, but like if you went and bought the disc, then you could just like put that in, and then like now you have a DLC expansion. <laughs> it's like great. <laughs> I think it was the same deal for Doom. Doom had like a free episodes, so they had to put the yeah on yeah, the yeah. Discs. yeah um. So this game was uh, very big and is credited as the first true first-person shooter. I'm sure that there were some other things like that before, but this was kind of the this this is kind of widely known as like creating the genre. Um, I, Doom is often miscredited as being like the father of first-person shooters when like the truth is it, it like popularized the franchise, I guess, or popularized the the, the idea. Um. If anyone's curious, though, I, I remember the original Doom sold 2 million copies, which is, if you look at uh, how Wolfenstein 3D sold 200k copies, so Doom sold 10 times better than it, so it had a lot bigger of a reach, you know, kind of identifying itself as, this is first-person shooters. Yeah, um, I think it's more like Wolfenstein put the genre on the map and showed that it could do well. And yeah. Doom was like yeah, Doom like took it and ran with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually like before we did this episode, my dad was a massive gamer back in the day, so I said like, "Oh, you must have played Wolfenstein." And even though he was a massive gamer back then, he said like, "No, I played Doom, and then I was vaguely aware of Wolfenstein." So Sad. I don't think yeah. So it obviously has this lasting legacy because of what it's done to the genre, but yeah, it, unfortunately, yeah. it popularized something, and then some, something else came. Which along is fine. It. I mean, yeah. like, it, it, it Software, of course, would create Doom on their own and outdo themselves after this, so... Um, <laughs> uh, worth noting, John Carmack was the director of this game. He, he like, shows up a lot more in the future of Wolfenstein's... Um, future of the Wolfenstein franchise. Um, I have a quote. Romero wanted... Uh, so Romero was, like, the, the level designer here. He was, like, one of the producers. Romero wanted the goal to be to mow down Nazis with the suspense of storming a Nazi bunker full of SS soldiers and Hitler himself as well as dogs, blood like you never see in games, and straightforward lethal weapons. So he was, like, very much like... Th this was now... This was not a stealth game anymore. This was very much, let's mow down these fucking Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just love this idea that he rocked up to the meeting, like, oh, we're gonna make the game about it. Yeah, we're just gonna fucking kill a load of Nazis. <laughs> and they're like, okay, yeah. cool. And they got hey. to their desks, and they started working. You know, and they simple. and then one guy drew a Nazi hat, and a guy came over and said, mm, "That looks good. Let's just slide it into the computer." <laughs> kind of seems like he's anti-dog, though. Yeah, it does yeah, seem specifically -dog. just mentions dogs. Yeah, we're gonna kill those dogs. Yeah, it's too. like I want to kill dogs. <laughs> I mean, like I I'm not. I've never. Like I've dogs, never seen. So. I've never seen John Romero and Neil Druckmann in the same room at the same time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do choose to believe that. Uh, I mean, going on a 
slight little Doom tangent, I do choose to believe that the protagonist of Doom is also BJ Blazkowicz. Because it's basically oh, the same well, exact picture. <laughs> I want to say in the old Wolfenstein timeline that one of the spin-off like, mobile RPG games implies that the, Doom's, the Doom guy is a descendant of Blazkowicz. Ah. I mean, that would do that's it. Like, that's like the old Wolfenstein timeline before the reboots. Yeah. Um, so this was the first establishing of a timeline because there wasn't really a story to the first two games back in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... This, uh, at this point, id Software does own the, the license to Wolfenstein because they just kind of grabbed it and like you know filed the necessary paperwork and was like, all right, this is, this is our thing. Um, so then Activision and uh, Grey Matter Interactive was uh, the studio uh, licensed out from id Software the license for Wolfenstein, and they made the next game in the series, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, uh, and then... Another company called Splash Damage, again for Activision, made a direct sequel to that called Enemy Territory, and that was in 2003. So those two games are kind of together in, in one timeline. Um, yeah. I don't know, does anyone know anything about those two games? Uh, I know Enemy Territory was a multiplayer game that was very popular for a while. Maybe yeah, yeah. Enough. People still remember that one. Um, was that... Wait, 2003, what system was that? That didn't have online, did it? I think it was just PC, but they made a Quake one as well, a Quake Enemy mm, Territory okay, that okay. I think did okay. But I remember, like, if you look up enemies, Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, it was very popular at the time. Yeah, yeah. I've, quite I've, a while. I have heard of it before, like, several times, so. Um, so, they brought, in, a, in 2008, uh, we got Wolfenstein RPG, which is, like, the mobile weird one that we had talked about, um... Developed by EA, and uh, they had John Carmack return to the series, uh, who did Wolfenstein 3D, um, to make a new game. So, uh, that one did okay. I, I think people were kind of... At this point, people, like, kind of were like, okay, like, they just keep shitting out another one of these every two years, you know? <laughs> um, and then in the next year, in, in 2009, a loose sequel to Return to Castle Wolfenstein was made as a reboot. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's basically, like... I, I think the thing that I've noticed with this is, like... This uh, this IP was passed around to so many different people, and so many different people had different ideas of what to do with it, to the point where, like, it almost feels like the Wolfenstein IP doesn't mean anything, you know? Yeah, it's just well, like... To be honest, it wasn't really that big until the big re until the big relaunch under uh, Machine Games. Yeah, Wolfenstein yeah. Wolfenstein was kind of just an IP that occasionally was there. made games every so often it didn't really get big until the new order yeah yeah i did um, i did play uh return to castle wolfenstein that, that's actually whoa. the most recent one that i've played <laughs> yeah um, tell me about it and it's uh it actually kind of holds up pretty well like the gameplay does the graphics don't really but uh I, I mean it, it's still it's still pretty fun and it's still a pretty interesting story it, it delves into more of like the supernatural beliefs of the of the Nazis, um, and I don't know. It was it was it was pretty fun. I was just disappointed that I didn't get to kill Mecha Hitler at the end. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you. I know he, they they put him right in front of you, and then they take him away. Um, so I just want to like to give everyone an idea of how like bonkers the the games kind of like have become story wise. Like here here's the description of that game. An agent for the fictional Office of Secret Actions, William B.J. Blaskowitz, discovers an unnatural medallion containing super power, supernatural powers while on a mission on a German battleship. 
Learning the Nazis had begun digging deep into crystal mines to obtain more of the very same medallion Blaskowitz found, the OSA sends their operative to, into the fictional town of Isenstadt, which the Nazis have taken complete control of in order to excavate rare knockstone crystals necessary to access the Black Sun dimension. Well, that's a weekend and a half, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> what? It, does, it gets I, I a little want, out I there. Want to say, I, that, that Wolfenstein is canon to the current universe as well, to the New Order and stuff. Oh, oh is it? Oh, that's good yeah, to know. because one of the characters in that is Caroline Becker, who's later a major ah, role okay, in the okay. New Order. No. I oh, think Return to Castle Wolfenstein might be part of that canon as well. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. So this is like, it is historical fiction. It, it does generally tackle a, a, an idea of a timeline where like the Nazis won the war or something like that. But it, it also is like kind of very wacky. It, it kind of reminds me of like Metal Gear Solid in that like most of it seems very like grounded and set to earth. And then like, you know, a, a fire demon will like ride a fire horse out of the sky and like attack you while you're invading like a base in Afghanistan. <laughs> Yeah, that's and like the the old blood delves into the supernatural side of Wolfenstein after New Order didn't. I don't think New Colossus does either, but yeah, I've, I've played that? a lot of Wolfenstein recently, so I I remember okay. a good chunk of it fairly well. Member, member, member. <laughs> we 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 come here we come here to member. That's that's basically the yeah. the whole description of the so, podcast. But I just like how mm-hmm. I love a series that can do shit like this, and it feel, still feels tonally consistent somehow. Um, yeah, it works. It in the words of Todd Howard, it just works. It does just work. And and speaking of Todd Howard, in 2010, uh, Bethesda does buy the rights to. So interestingly, they they bought um, ID Software in 2010, and by buying ID Software, they also bought the rights to the Wolfenstein IP because uh, they owned it at that point. So um, they uh, so Machine Games is interesting. I did a little looking into them. Uh, so Machine Games was founded in Uppsala, Sweden in 2009 by seven former employees of a giant studio called Starbreeze Studios. Um, there were like several hundred people working at that place. It was a big place, but it was becoming very commercialized and in much the same way that like EA was formed. <laughs> they were like, we're going to make our own indie company. You know, we're going to do real games. And they like left, right? And they struggled for about a year. They apparently did dozens of pitches to dozens of different publishers and got literally nothing. Like, even, even like, they actually had three or four different pitches to Bethesda for different games, and they got rejected on all of them. Um, and so, uh, five, I think two of the guys left the company in that first year, too. So there were just five of them, basically. Um, and uh, they finally found a project uh, because Bethesda was like, you guys are so persistent, and you guys have a lot of spirit. Um, we think that you, we, we think that like, we want you to work on, on something and have a little more direction on it, like rather than one of your original ideas. So we want you to work on the new Wolfenstein game for us. Um, and they were like very ecstatic about it. They created like a pitch and like a little demo and everything. And when they brought it to Bethesda, um, Bethesda loved it so much that they bought, uh, uh, machine games and said like, you guys, like, we love what you do here. We love your spirit. We love your ambition we're keeping you on forever. And that was like a huge blessing for these people because they were, like I said, very much struggling. They were actually, let me read this part here. Um, so Jens Matis uh, became the creative director. I'm, I'm going to try to say all these right. I'm just guessing for a lot of it. While uh, Jörg Gustafsson became, uh, became the managing director. Uh, so the two guys who left, Magnus Hogdahl and Michael Wynn, left shortly uh, for personal reasons, but it's because they had no money. And... Um, 
so for the first one and a half years, they like brainstormed all these ideas, like I said, and then um, they actually ran out of funds at one point, and they were trying, they were like talking about selling their homes to like keep the studio going, because um, that's like how bad it was. Um, but yeah, like I said, that was a huge deal when they got hired. Uh, well, well, they got bought by Bethesda, and I've heard the same story from Arcane. Like you know, Ar- Arcane was a little similar, except that they had like. Because they, Arcane Studios had like three canceled projects in a row, like where first for Valve and then for like Steven Spielberg and then uh, for uh, another, for I think uh, another publisher, I can't remember. Like they made an entire game and then the game got canceled right at the end. So like, I don't know if anyone knows this, like, but Arcane didn't release a, like, Arcane Studios didn't release a game for 11 years. Because they kept making games, and then they kept getting canceled by the publisher when they were almost done. But, uh, and then they got bought by Bethesda, and they were so happy, they just, like, fucking, like, started sob. They said they were in a diner when they found it, and they all just started sobbing and hugging each other in the diner. Like, For fuck's sake, but can Bethesda please stop being so bloody charming? Okay, yeah, on. see, like, it's hard I keep, to criticize I them, so I just want to pinch But, like, I have to balance that off. with, like, remembering the horse armor. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just this they're such an anomaly of a company because Yeah, it's just, very weird. I don't know I think how this, this I think this outweighs the horse armor a little bit though. Yeah, yeah, like they they do a good job like finding these companies that like have potential and like giving them the money to do so. So like they got bought by Bethesda and Bethesda said like uh we're going to give you enough money to hire 50 people, create a full studio and we want you to create a new Wolfenstein timeline, like a new reboot the franchise. Um, and so, like I said, they were able to, to, to do that and, uh, create the new order. So yeah, we're on, we're on the one that I think most people know about now. Um, so Wolfenstein, the new order came out in 2014. Um, that was a, it was, it was a, it was a pretty big hit. Like it got universal critical acclaim sold pretty well. Um, yeah. So Luke, why don't you tell us a little bit about that game? So the thing with New Order was I was barely paying attention to it, and then suddenly the embargo dropped, and everyone's going, "This is an amazing game. This is an unbelievably good game." And I'm like, "Huh?" And I had money at the time. I don't think there was any other big releases around then, so I thought, "Screw it. I want to kill Nazis. That's pretty fun." Yeah. And uh, just like, it's just really surprisingly clever. And that first of all, it's a great shooter, but it does a surprisingly good amount of world building because it's alternate history. So it starts off in 1946, the war's still going in this timeline, the Germans are winning and they're making a death, Blaskowitz is involved in a desperate like Hail Mary mission to potentially stop the Germans, it goes wrong, he gets a head full of uh, metal and ends up sitting in like um, some nursing home or hospital for like 20, 15, 20 years. Yeah, maybe. it's 14 years I think, yeah. 14 years and... Then suddenly wakes up and immediately starts murdering more Nazis. Like he hasn't, like That's he hasn't great, been man. in a coma for fourteen years. O- only, only after he like he gets up, and the 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 two people who have been taking care of him, the the psychiatrists, uh, the husband and wife couple who own this like mental facility. Uh, by the way, I just started playing the New Order like five or six days ago, and I'm most of the way through it now. I'm very much enjoying it. But um, yeah, he he, uh, and then the nurse who's like taking care of him is their daughter. And uh, the Nazis come in and, you know, they, they kill uh, all these, you know, um, you know, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Like, these people are not mentally well. In the... Yeah. And the Nazis were sort of known for not loving the mentally ill, I'll say. Were the Nazis um, known yeah. for loving anything? They were not uh, a fan. Racism. 
Yeah. And <laughs> other Nazis, they love them. Other not, they did love other Nazis. <laughs> True. Um, so yeah, like BJ uh, is suddenly, like suddenly after 14 years of not moving, is uh, first of all extremely muscular, still very built. I like to um, imagine that he was still like, like be, basically out. being a power lifter the entire time. <laughs> he just, he just, he's just unaware of what he's doing. Yeah, and then like immediately he just gets like a bunch of big guns, kills all these Nazis and robots, like destroys a tank. And he and he and the the hot nurse like get away, and then they just like fucking bang it out in a train, and then he kills more Nazis, and it's like fuck yeah, let's go living the life. Um, yeah. So the point of the story is that like BJ is trying to rescue his old compatriots, uh, specifically, um, to uh, you know for after 14 years of being in prison, they're like, ah, I knew you, son of a bitch. I knew you weren't dead. I was like, he was gone for 14 years, like. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, Kyle, what were, your, what, were your, what were your thoughts on this game? I know you played this one. Uh, I had a really good time playing this game. Um, it's, uh, like, the story just sort of, like, clicked with me, and, of course, killing Nazis is just always a, a super fun time. But uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. me being, like, a quote-unquote gamer, obviously, <laughs> enjoyed playing Capital it a whole G. bunch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was I specifically remember... Uh, playing this downstairs at my old house in Houston, and like, of course, I'm just sitting there enjoying the story and enjoying killing Nazis and stuff. But I put it down to go into the kitchen, and my dad was like around the corner in the kitchen, just like watching me play. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> so I think it's like a it's That's a story a very that move. it's a story that can click with uh, multiple generations. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um... So, uh, yeah, so after that, there was a prequel standalone, uh, which was kind of a shorter game, called uh, The Old Blood, which was a actually a remake of the game Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Um, so uh, after that, again, Wolfenstein 2 followed in 2017, still from Machine Games. They made all of these. And released to middling sales, but, like, very big critical acclaim. Um, so, Luke, you've, you've played Wolfenstein 2, correct? Yes. Yeah, tell, tell me have, a little bit about that one. Uh, here in the UK, they sold a special edition of it that came with a terribly action figure for the same price as a regular copy, so I was just like, well, I might as well. It's the same price, and I was also very excited for it because I've enjoyed previous Wolfenstein, the previous Wolfenstein game since this new version. Um, my, I, I don't think New Colossus is as good as New Order, but it's still got a lot of great ideas. I think it leans into the craziness a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Like... We we can openly talk spoilers, right? Um, I I don't know if there's spoil. Are there spoilers for? I, I don't know anything about. The there's new one Colossus. thing I want to mention, but it might be kind of spoilerish. Sure. But uh, it's okay if it's it's yeah. Go for it. So there's a scene where Blaskowitz literally gets beheaded. Oh, oh then, that's a bit of a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but the thing is, Was like, the, that? the rest of the resistance have were p- preparing for it and have an operation where they recover his head quickly. And then put it onto the body of a suit, like a super soldier clone body they stole during an earlier heist yes. or an earlier mission. So then, Blaskowitz, and then he he just miraculously survives it, and now he's got this brand new super soldier body. And I just, I just oh thought this game's so ridiculous, but I kind of love it. I mean, like, <laughs> the second one, I just in general I don't think in terms of story or structure it's as good as the New Order, but I still really enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah. It, there were some scenes in it really good. Like you, you meet his dad, and like the from the start of the game, there's like flashbacks that show his dad was abusive and racist. Like his mum was um, Jewish. I think she was 
German and Jewish. So, mm-hmm. like, his dad was racist to his wife. He beat BJ a lot. And uh, then there's a later scene where you find your dad again and you just actually fuck him up with a hatchet. Ooh. Which is really brutal. <laughs> but also, like, the game does such a good, good job of just painting him as a fucking asshole that he deserves it. Um, the, like, yeah, that, that game has one of my favourite lines I've ever heard in a video game where the first time you acquire the hatchet, but BJ says, there's a lot of things you can do with a Nazi in a hatchet. <laughs> and there's so many hatchet kills in that game you can do like it becomes your stealth weapon basically so whenever ah. you do stealth takedowns it usually involves the hatchet getting lodged in the Nazi in some way um, I do right. love like, a lot what of happens fun at the very end game. of the game like it's not really a massive spoiler but the way, the execution of the ending is very good okay. I think in terms of setting can I, once again can I say spoilers yeah, yeah, go for it. So the ending of the game involves you... I can't remember what her name is. This German woman who has been essentially sort of the main antagonist of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. You you ambush her while she's doing a TV interview and basically slam the, slam the hatchet into her head on live television in that world. Ooh. Then you... Then, like, Vaskowitz, like, twists it or something to split her head wide open. And that, after <laughs> that point, whoever... Whichever of your um, World War Two buddies you saved... Uh-huh. From the start of New Order, they give a speech calling for the rebellion. Uh huh. And I know for a fact the younger soldier, I can't remember what his name is, it's been a while since Wyatt, I, I think. Wyatt, he <laughs> gives a really beautiful speech if he's your like guy who's in the game. Uh huh. Essentially calling for revolution in America, finally kick the fucking yeah. Nazis out. Um. Also, one great thing that the uh, New Colossus does is uh, you get to fuck up KKK in it. There is a mission where you see them, but if you go back and do the side mission version of it, you literally just get to tear through guys in hoods and stuff with a shotgun. It's really fun. You just blast through. That sounds very satisfying. (laughs) It does sound good. (laughs) It's it's one thing that made me come to. I'm not necessarily the biggest Bethesda fan, but one thing about the new Colossus I really respect is that they made no bare bones about defending Nazis in the marketing. They were more than happy to just piss them off. I remember, I think it was Tim Hines, or what is, isn't, is that his name? Pete Hines, Pete please. Hines, that's it. So he was doing an interview about the so-called controversial marketing, anti-Nazi marketing, and he literally said, someone was like, you think you're kicking a bit of a hornet's nest? And he just goes, well, it's a hornet's nest full of Nazis, so fuck them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I, like, oh, I... yes, thank you. Thank you I for can't... just not bowing, just absolutely telling Nazis to fuck off. Oh god, absolutely. I mean, because it pisses me off beyond belief that every fucking E3 there's anything about Wolfenstein, you you hear the same crowd. So, oh, it's too political. Especially I remember there was when... some. They used some hashtags that were sort of vaguely alluding to Trump stuff as well, like "Not My America" and "Yeah, Make America yeah. Nazi Free" or something. They really yeah. rode that, and like I, I, I will say, like contradiction to that is like Ubisoft very mildly t- in Far Cry Five. Like, oh, I don't want to say anything too yeah, mean oh about my these God. people. So, Ubisoft's our games are apolitical. Stance is uh, complete cowardly bullshit. Far yeah. Cry Five could have been so good. It could have been a amazing. Bunch of cowards about it. If they if they fully delved into dealing with white nationalism. Christian is extremism. That game could have been fucking incredible, but they completely oh, bailed. Sorry, Rhea, I, I, I interrupted you. I don't want you to lose your thought. I have another thing, yeah, though. Go on. Um, <laughs> I think I was just saying, in general, that pisses me off beyond belief. Um, God, what's the game that just sprung to mind? I mean, Ubisoft are obviously one of the worst offenders for it, but like, the, really what you've got to do is appreciate that when you 
and this is getting back to you know respectful nazism again you have to appreciate that nazism still has real world consequences you can't and this is what they like to do they like to lock it in a video game and say hi it's it's so cool that we defeated that and it's not a problem anymore guys right and the thing is you have to accept that no it has echoes today and you are going to piss those people off. Um, so, And you have to revel in pissing those people off. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm so glad that Wolfenstein's a thing. Because it's, yeah. the, it's yeah. the only uh, series on the market where I think the team behind it are completely okay with that. I mean, you have... Um, oh, God, the game that came to mind. Detroit Become Human. Holy shit. He's, who's the ooh. guy that does those games? J- uh, David Cage. He is a massive coward. Cause he sorry, he I was... almost blamed John Cage, the composer from the nineteen nineties. <laughs> I mean, you, you say coward, I also say bad writer of video games. Yes, he is also just a bad writer in general. But he I loves heavy to... rain, and nope, that game sucks ass. It is. It so really boring. does. Yeah. He he will take stuff from real life, like he will quote Martin Luther King in his video game, and then say, "Yeah, I am not saying anything politically here." Yeah. And it's just like, fuck! He's neutering his own message. <laughs> like he this game where I'm something. blatantly mimicking the civil rights movement, but with androids yeah. instead of people of color. It's not political at all, though. It's yeah, not. It's, it's not, not political because they're white, so therefore it's not. And I'm One... not going to say anything about. So anything. one thing I do want to say, I don't know if you've heard this, but like I think this was like a something like an, a staffer or aide, whatever, said at um at Ubisoft at some point. Like, somebody tangentially connected to them was like, yeah, the when we announced Far Cry 5, like, it was about white nationalism, but they got so afraid of the backlash that they made a bunch of, like, black people join the cult to make it, like, a non-ethnic oh cult. If they stuck to that, that game could have been so good. I know. I really would have loved to have seen them do that in that game. But instead, uh, they anyway. just went with cheap religious stereotypes that are boring yeah. and predictable. Mm. All right, God, so I we'll, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I was very middling for me, um, but yeah, it's not great. Okay, so um, Machine Games and Arcane Studios then collaborated on uh, and co-produced Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is a sequel set 20 years after Wolfenstein 2. Uh, so this stars BJ Blazkowicz's twin daughters, Jessica and Sophia, and they head out on a mission to rescue their dad. It was built from the ground up for fully co-op. Um, so one thing about this game, like, first of all, I think we probably all have heard this, like it was critically panned and it sold very badly. Um, people did not like this. Even people who are massive fans of the franchise were like, I don't even like, I don't want to sit through this. I have not played it, but I've seen the negative reception and... Yeah, it seemed to be pretty universal. I I don't think I've seen a lot of good stuff about it. I think from, I, I did some digging into it and I think that, um, from what I understand, uh, so both, uh, um, Jörg Gustafsson from Machine Games and... Uh, Dinga Bakaba from um, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right from Arcane Studios the the studio heads for both places both co-directed this game with their individual studios at the same time I don't know why Bethesda elected to do it this way but there seems to have been a lot of dissonance between the game that Arcane wanted to make where you know they wanted to make an immersive sim kind of game like their other ones and uh, Machine Games was kind of trying to make a straight first person shooter and the two elements didn't end up merging right. Um, they kind of... I, I think it was really development issues that led it to be this way. And, uh, I mean, it, these things happen. I, I don't know that having two studios, like, co-produce a game like that was a great idea. Um, I don't know. It, it just never found an identity is basically what it was. But that's too bad. I guess it does happen. But um, 
And then, have you done any... Do you know anything about Wolfenstein Cyberpilot, the VR game? Uh, I've heard it's not great. I've heard it's okay. Um, uh, I think that VR games also have a lower threshold, though, so it's it's probably good yeah. in that context. Yep. <laughs> also, so, I wanted to mention another thing yeah. that I... It, in the new Colossus, one thing I really love is the portrayal of Hitler in that game. Because okay. usually, where when you have games where you have someone who has ultimate power, they are very calm, they are well-dressed, and often speak in a sort of respectful but sinister tone. Whereas yeah. in when you meet Hitler in the New Colossus, he is just a child. He is a man oh, who has really? absolute power for so long that he has... He just does whatever he wants, and like the meeting where you see him, <laughs> he's clearly sickly, because I think it's implied that... Uh, in a previous mission before Wolfenstein, like, New Order's events, Blaskowitz tried to poison him and was partially effective in that. Mm. So, like, he's shown as this sickly, frail old man who just has no respect for anyone around him. And I think it's really, really good in the sense that because he's so used to absolute power, he just does whatever he wants and no one ever questions it. Like, he literally, like, he throws up. He also pisses in a bucket in front of... Because oh, the scene in question is um, you go to an audition to play Blaskowitz in a movie <laughs> and you um, Hitler wanders in for some reason I can't remember why but in front of you and the other actors who are auditioning for this role you just see him like speak to everyone like shit he orders somebody to get a bucket so he can take a piss and just generally he comes off of the man who is because nobody will ever tell him no he does whatever the hell he wants and he's so used to it that he doesn't realize how horrible he comes off as just in yeah. that kind of behavior let alone the fact that obviously he's hitler yeah and the nazis but just like it sounds like a the... certain other world leader i could yeah. name <laughs> but <laughs> i won't because i'm ubisoft i mean that's the thing like people like to portray hitler as just like this absolute genius mastermind but the thing is from what i know about history he was actually just a fucking like child most of the time like you said yeah i mean um and i feel like we've got this perception now in history and in a lot of video games depictions of nazis that they were just always like these military masterminds but actually um i read a while ago that in uh, in meetings like strategic meetings hitler was so terrible at planning that towards the end they would let him do his little speech where he tells everyone what to do and then they'd meet in a different room without him and talk about the actual plan, and like people would that laugh at him because he. Yeah, it sounds really exactly exactly. It's so mm. similar, and I think that's why we've created this myth of him just being like stoic and an evil genius because the reality that he was a fucking idiot is uncomfortably close to sort of where we're at now, um, in that you've got like an absolutely insanely dangerous idiot in charge. Um, because he was obviously absolutely dangerous. Um, but I like that Wolfenstein it takes, you know, it, it relishes it in embarrassing the shit out of him. It sort of reminds me of um, Jojo Rabbit when um, Taika Waititi was asked, like, oh, did you do any research for the role? And he's like, nah, fuck that guy. I'm not going to research the role. And just like, <laughs> I remember some Nazis got mad because they depict him smoking and they were like, our glorious leader never smoked. And he was like, fuck you, I'll, I'll do what I want. It's Hitler. <laughs> You know, so I just sort I, of like that vibe. I think, I think what we're getting to is that that meme uh, video of like what that what was that movie where like Hitler is like screaming and they like subtitle it different stuff for a oh, meme. Yeah. Oh, I that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, yeah. I'm not sure that, what that, that was like an accurate portrayal of him though. 
That was, yeah. Like he, no one took yeah. him seriously around him, but he had absolute power because of his like charisma and speeches that they just sort of reluctantly put up with him. Um, and oh, Nazis yeah. hate oh, realizing right. I'm that gonna, I'm getting like a very uncomfortable remembering right now. <laughs> so, oh, the movie is uh, Downfall. Downfall. Okay. I've that's never a, heard I the know, name, I know, but I know that yeah, scene. I don't yeah, I don't think everyone that knows that scene. <laughs> I I hate that this is like so similar to to fucking Trump. Like it just boggles my mind. I in mean, every I, way. I also can kind of see that in Johnson in the yeah, Oh my god, idiot, absolutely. People, yeah. He's an idiot, but there are people that I w- like him. The, it's you don't understand. It's so bad over here. We wish we had Boris Johnson. No, you don't. Holy sh- no. You don't, are you serious? He's like a pinch see, smarter. Trump, Trump's so that's an idiot, but he's surrounded he was surrounded by competent people. The Tories are just consistently They're, incompetent oh, at imagine, everything they do. Their entire cabinet has one brain cell between them. They're Ooh. so painfully incompetent. So there is not a single thing in this country being run well now. And also, we don't have the state system. So when oh, the I government sucks, true, yeah. when the government sucks, we we all feel it. Yeah, everyone <laughs> well, gets fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh god, I wish we had. Like, yeah, like I've 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 said that before. Like you know, people from other countries, it it doesn't work the same way here. Like who who the president is doesn't have any sort of effect on our day to day life here because the state government takes care of ninety nine percent of what we do. <laughs> You know, but like, God, I wish that was us. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just wish it, the Tories weren't in power more than anything. Yeah, oh everyone boy. go vote? Question mark, please. No, it's, please. We, we've got like another four or five years. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. In twenty twenty four, guys, just take this energy from this podcast. That's gonna be our year. <laughs> carry it on. We'll, we'll reshare this episode in. We'll be really influential yeah. in that election. I'm yeah, say it we right will. Now. We will. It's going to be, <laughs> so, be the Game uh, Busters podcast. Uh, before we before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about the censorship of this game in Germany. So I don't know if you guys know about this. In Germany, it is pretty much impossible to release any sort of media with any sort of thing acknowledging that the Nazis like existed or Hitler was real. Um, they very much don't want to don't want to hear about it. Um, and so if for movies and TV shows, there is a review board in Germany that is a government entity that reviews things that are submitted and says, like, okay, this is this is a historical, factual telling of what happened and also makes everyone know that Nazis are bad. Like, the Nazis get killed, they're stupid or incompetent, they're portrayed as shitty in this. Like, this is good. Um, so there there is a lot of censorship already with anything related to Nazis. So... The uh, Wolfenstein games, the first one to come out in Germany was The New Order. Um, unfortunately, that and The New Colossus both went underwent so much censorship that in order to be released, they had to remove all Nazi imagery and language mentioning the Nazis or the Third Reich, all references to Nazi Germany. They even removed Hitler's mustache, <laughs> and I they just called him the Chancellor. I can't believe they even bothered. I mean, I know, hell. right? I like, why would they even bother to release the game? Um... I love that they just took Hitler's mustache off and was like, no, this is Fred. You know, the <laughs> Chancellor. This is obviously not the same guy. He doesn't have the mustache. Um, yeah, so, and they also only released the German dubs. Like, the, the German version only has the German dub because every other, like, dub had references to anything related to Nazis. So they had to remake an entire game. Um, anyway, so... Um, this was uh, this was something. So in 2019, uh, Bethesda actually appealed to the German government and said, "Hey, you guys have a review process for 
um, you know, a- admitting uh, movies and TV shows with Nazi imagery, like, can you put our games under that same, you know, review process, just merge that into it. And they passed a national law the, at the, um, the, um, the Bundestag uh, actually did uh, pass a law and created a, uh, a, a board to review games in the same manner. And Bethesda submitted both Wolfenstein, Youngblood, and Cyberpilot to that board, and were both were cleared for you know, for takeoff on both of those. Um, interestingly, um, they and they are both by the way those two games. Uh, so I guess Youngblood came out first, but is the first game in Germany ever to be approved to feature Nazi imagery or even acknowledge the Third Reich in any way. Um, so uh, all retailers actually refused to sell the uncensored version. <laughs> Ah, every what? single one of them. Wait, even after it was approved for yes. sale, they, oh yes. my god! Um, so the uncensored German version of both games. If you're in Germany, the only way to get the uncensored version is on Steam. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, I I was very shocked to hear That's that. It's a lot more complicated I, yeah. than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I don't think I know. Um, maybe if maybe if I if somebody if anyone's German who's listening, uh, I don't know if we have any German audience, but if you could give us a some sort of an explanation as to like the culture explanation of why retailers would be so afraid to carry this game, like uh, I would love to hear it. I, I don't know what the situation is there. I've I studied abroad in Germany for a summer when I was in college, and like uh, one thing they told me when I was heading there was like, do not mention the Nazis, do not mention Hitler. He wasn't yeah. real. Like, There's I, a like, really what? famous episode of a sitcom here in the UK called Faulty Towers, which does a bunch of stuff about Nazis. Oh, Where, God, like, German, no, I know that like, episode, yeah. A German yeah. guy comes in, and, and then the main character gets, like, a he- massive head wound and concussion, and then he's, like, just... It, it's really goddamn funny, but nowadays it, it gets right. talked about in a more controversial tone. I think it's hilarious, sure. and a hilarious episode. All right, let's. Uh, we, we're pretty. Run- we're running pretty low on time, so just want to say, uh, killing Nazis is cool and it is good for you. Um, does anyone have any uh, thoughts on the in- in- the uh, Indiana Jones game coming up from Machine Games? How that might translate from this? Uh, I'd like to be optimistic about it. Yeah, they, I'm they actually ma- pretty they optimistic. Make, yeah. They make. They've done a good job of making games where you get to fuck up Nazis. So yeah. even though obviously you won't be able to do it as violently as you can in Wolfenstein. I don't yeah. know. I'm going to remain optimistic. I mean, I think it'll, I think it'll be pretty good. went from making Titanfall to making a Star Wars game that people seem to like a bunch. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so are there enough ghosts? Never. That's no. <laughs> I good. Don't I don't think there are. There any ghosts in these games? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think there's so. not ghosts, <laughs> but they've done like zombies and other supernatural stuff in some of them. Okay, what kind of ghosts do we need? Like, um. What what ghost would you summon to sort of beat up Hitler? I was thinking uh, I was thinking like Nazi ghosts that you can kill, but uh, I guess that's another. I wanna I wanna idea. fucking Summoning Lord of the Rings to help ghost you. army. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe if like an alternate future thing, you can summon the ghosts of uh, Evan those Abraham who died. Lincoln yeah, <laughs> or those gun. who died in World War Two or something to come help you. Oh shit, that'd be cool. Um. All right, uh, let's let's get out of here. So um, we're gonna try to get through this quickly, but uh, this is maybe—I don't say this lightly. This is maybe my favorite game idea I have ever had for us to do here. Um, it has been fun. <laughs> yes, uh, this is called Operation X Men. Uh, the reason this is sort of a little tribute to World War II operations. Uh, what I have here. 
I'm going to name some things. I'm going to give you a single word. And you are going to tell me, is this thing I've named a World War II uh, allied military operation? Is it an X-Men? Or is it both? <laughs> okay. Is there a, a great deal of overlap? That's there is a lot more overlap than I had anticipated. <laughs> um, oh God! All right, let's uh, let's let's start a little easier here. Uh, or nope, nope, never mind. Let's shuffle it. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, Overlord. I'm gonna say both. I'm gonna, both. I'm gonna say just World War Two. My main reason is I remember there was that movie. And then Overlord just sounds like it would be the name of an X-Men supervillain or something. It is an X-Men supervillain, but it is also a British military operation. Overlord, uh, or sorry, United States, United Kingdom, and uh, France, a mission, uh, invasion of Normandy, France. Um, So that was Operation Overlord. Uh, part of part of Operation Overlord was uh, D-Day. That was like one aspect of it. So Y'all are, that's y'all are about to one. learn that my X-Men knowledge is severely lacking. Well, I hope your World War II knowledge makes up for it. <laughs> How do you feel about Warpath? Warpath? Um... I'm going to say X-Men villain. Or X-Men something X-Men. I'm just going to say World War II. Yeah, I'm going to say World War II also. That is just an X-Men. <laughs> yeah! Oh. Nice. Warpath right. just seems too on the nose for an operation. Yeah, that's true. Right, yeah. Okay, uh, yes. Okay. How about how about this one? Paperclip. <laughs> okay, that's got to just be. Yeah, I think I think that was just yeah. World War Two. World War Two. <laughs> I'm just gonna guess just World War Two for all these apparently. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, no, this one is just World War Two. Uh, 1945, United States capture of scientists, technical, and German rocketry. Um, originally was called Operation Overcast, but they changed the name because Paperclip was cooler. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. it's, it's got X Men ties because Magneto could like get one and do something with it so. yeah magneto does have the power to pick up a paper clip okay but he can do it with his mind <laughs> how do you guys feel about dracula dracula um I'm gonna say, both maybe i'm gonna say i'm gonna say x-men i'm gonna say world war ii Ooh. it was both ah! hey. yeah Dracula was a United Kingdom British operation, British amphibious assault on Rangoon, Burma. I'm sorry, when you <laughs> said amphibious assault, like I immediately thought they they fucking created fish people, and that's immediately <laughs> where a, my mind was, went with. It was a fish people assault on Rangoon, Burma. Um, so yeah, Dracula is also an X Men villain. Um, just he's right, he's in there. I checked. <laughs> what a creative name he came up with. Yeah. It, I think it might. It's not even the. It's not like. It's not like it's just Dracula. It's like a guy calling himself Dracula. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh. How about Havoc? All right. No, that's an X. Okay. No, yeah, it's I'm be, definitely uh, certain an that's an X Men. Yeah, I'm, I'm d- gonna say just X Men as well. I'm gonna say both. It's just an X Men. <laughs> <laughs> how about Jericho? Oh. World War Two. Yeah, I'm gonna say World War Two. It is World War Two. That's just an operation. It's the second one I've gotten air... right so far. So yeah, man, feeling pretty that was an good. air raid on the Amiens. <laughs> air raid on the Amiens prison to release French resistance prisoners. Uh, how about Karma? I'm gonna say oh. both. Yeah, both. Nope, just an X Men. No Operation <laughs> Karma. How about Cannonball? Shit. Okay, Definitely just an X Men. 
Just an X Men, I think. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna go both on that well, one. No, I'm just an X Men. Okay. Just an X Men. You were right, <laughs> Luke. Not you, Kyle. You were not right. <laughs> how about uh, how about Cerberus? Both. 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 Yeah. Nope. Just an operation. Oh, no oh. Cerberus. That's such a cool. I can't believe name. that that's. I, I can't believe there's not an X Men named Cerberus. Right. Um, this was in 1942. A breakout of ca- German capital ships from Brest. Later dubbed the Channel Dash. I like the Channel Dash. <laughs> um, uh, how about... Okay, we're getting close to the end here. Backfire. I would not just call an operation that operation, just asking. Yeah. You're just... But the thing is, you're asking for trouble if you call your own operation Backfire. Like, I don't know. It seems I'm gonna like... I'm going to say both. You haven't gone... I'm going to say just X-Men. That one's just an operation, actually. <laughs> oh, shit. That was uh, when they ca- the British captured a bunch of uh, rockets. I hate this game. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> how cool is it that they line up so well? How how do you feel about Batman? Batman. Batman? Operation. It's well, going to be just be an operation. Yeah, exactly. It is just an operation. Yes, Operation Batman took place in 1942. It was a UK commando raid near Cherbourg in France. Amazing. <laughs> I I knew I know you wouldn't think it was an X Men, but I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that Operation <laughs> Batman did happen. If that imagine, did exist. Being a veteran, <laughs> being a veteran of Operation Batman, and telling I would, kids you know, I that. would wear that with pride. I think I'd I never shut up about it. I'd never oh, yeah. ever stop uh, talking about it. How about Colossus? That's both. Just an X Men. I'm going to say both. Colossus is yep. definitely an X Men. Yeah, that is both. Uh, 1941 UK operation on February 10th. Uh, which was a commando raid on Tregino Aqueduct near Italy. Second um, game is called right. the New Colossus. Yeah, that's the only reason that I <laughs> assumed that I it was I also World War I, I knew it was an X-Men. Oh. So is that, oh, is that like, is that why they call it that? It's like, the, they're I think doing it's a like, poem as well or something. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, and last one, Jubilee. I mean, okay, Jubilee both. means it's definitely got to be an operation. But then I'm going to say both as well, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. both. Yep, that is both. Uh, is a UK Canada joint operation a repelled raid on Dupe? Dupe. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it's meant to be pronounced. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> With let's the hear, voice that, let's and hear that one again, Nirav. Dupe. <laughs> <laughs> it's D I E P P E. I don't really know what <laughs> it should be. Dippe, maybe. Dippe. <laughs> Dippe. Is it an accent to D? No. Oh, okay, maybe it's not to pay then. Um, alright, so, uh, let's, uh, let's close out. Um, thank you to Todd Howard, but actually this time... Thank you, Todd. Again, um, oh, he's here, so we can just thank him in person. Yeah, yeah. yeah Todd, do you want to yeah. give a few thank words? Okay. 16 times the distance. Todd, you can't make promises like that. You know what happens. Distant weather systems. But it, um, your sake, I hope right. it doesn't get a lot of views, Todd. Otherwise, you're going to have hell to pay. Yeah. Um, which, like, I don't know. By the way, the, I mean, he didn't lie about those things. They were real. It just, like, they just made a map and didn't put a video game in it <laughs> is the problem. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, you can find us on GameLuster.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at uh, GameLuster as well. Uh, find us on Twitter at GameBustersPod. And uh, 
please hit up the Apple Store or Google Podcast or wherever you get your stuff and, you know, give us a, a good review. Um, so thank you to our guests, uh, Luke and, and Kyle. Uh, so Luke, you have any anything you want to plug quickly? Uh, I'm hoping I can finally get a Yakuza 0 video I've been working on for ages done soon. Okay. I've recorded everything in October, so hopefully that'll be on Game Luster soon. <laughs> It's a uh, it's it's in it's in the making. Uh, it's been in the making see. for too long. Kyle, uh, how are you feeling? What are you working on right now? Um, I wouldn't really say I'm working on anything, but you can find me on Twitter at Kyle drew a picture with no e on the end. Because because I tweet so many limit. good things on that. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's true. No, I don't. But okay. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's good content. Um. I'm I'm still subscribed. Um, you can see my like right. ring endorsement. You can see yeah. my like once every two weeks tweet. Yeah. Um, Rhea, how about you? Um, I don't usually uh, plug stuff I don't do on Game Master, but I'm going to because it. This is a bit of political. No, episode, that's okay. Yeah. So I might as well. This is a, that's um, a very political move. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, the reason why is because I did a opinion piece on um how I like the representation of sex workers in Cyberpunk 2077. Um, we never really do like overtly political episodes. I thought I'll plug that now. Um, yeah, I was just very proud of it. Had a, I think I, yeah, made a point and was positive about a game that it's been hard to be positive about. So check that out. Sure. Um, completely changing the tone. Um, I'm also working on a Let's Play I did with Kate at Game Luster on <laughs> Pub Encounter, a pub-based dating sim. So yeah, keep an eye on the Where you date for old that. old men? Yep, yeah, uh, men who are also incredibly creepy. We found out. Um, Kate originally played it when drunk and didn't realize how creepy they were. Oh my god, interesting. It's so bad. Interesting. Um, so I am I am well underway on my on the on the Steam backlog diaries. Uh, I'm I'm streaming those on Twitch as I go through them. So my again my my challenge for the year was that I have. 66 unplayed games in my Steam library. By the end of the year, I will have tried all of them for at least a few hours. And so I'm basically going through my Steam library slowly, uh, like five or six games a month, and I'm streaming that on my Twitch channel at Gondizi. You can find it there. Um, and I'm going to do a little summary on the Game Luster YouTube channel at the end of each month, kind of like reviewing my time with each game, like how I felt about like finding... Like, oh, I'm trying a game of a genre I would literally never play on my own, etc., etc. So, yeah, I, I think that'll be pretty good. I'm glad to have, like, a kind of a project like that for the year. Um, I can attest that yeah, they but, are pretty entertaining. Yeah, you can, you can, of course, Kyle's word is law. And so I would like for, uh, yeah. And so anybody who wants to um, suggest any games or franchises for us to, to cover, like, I, I would love for you to hit us up on, on you know, uh, Twitter at Gamebusters Pod, let us know, and if you know we're we'll we'll put it in next time we can for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess last word for the the winner. Um, I think Ree, you have a, a catchphrase you always say that's gonna take us out of here and, and break us out of this, uh, break us out of Castle Wolfenstein. Funny enough, I am actually saying this a lot recently. Um, please stop voting for Nazis, please. There we go, done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can we get that? Can we get that again? Like a little, just more convincing, though. I want a little more confidence in it. Confidence. I'm. Um, I'm. Um, I'm at my wit's end, Nirav. <laughs> <laughs> as much energy I can muster. Cause I know we're just like idiot. we're just like. I hate that we're at the point where we're just like pleading, like please don't vote for the Nazis. <laughs> please. How much more obvious do they have? The 
How much more obvious do they have to make it that they're bad? Please! I will be quiet as much as possible so we can reduce the policy. If you could just let the men talk. <laughs>